Hello and welcome to the Limerick Post Podcasts. We are Limerick. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. Join me each week as we get to know the people of Limerick who are making the city and county what it is today. You can keep up to date with all Limerick news, sport and entertainment by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all our social media channels or visiting limerickpost.ie. Welcome to We Are Limerick. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and today we're joined by Fianna Fáil Councillor and Mayor of Limerick and City and County, James Collins. James, welcome to the show. Thanks, Keen. You're coming up on 10 years in local politics now. Uh, why did you decide to get involved in politics? Um, it was uh, 10 years ago, and Limerick was a very different place. So I was educated in Limerick uh, up in St. Munchen's College, and I did a degree in economics in UL and I did a master's in information technology in UCD. So I'd worked away uh, outside of Limerick for a long time. So I was based in Dublin. Uh, I worked as a management consultant with Accenture. Uh, so I was based in Dublin, but I traveled a lot to the UK and I traveled a lot to the States on different projects, going into businesses, trying to help them reorganize, be more efficient, do things in a better way, using a lot of technology. Um, about 18, 19 years ago, uh, my wife Eileen and I had an opportunity in Limerick. We kind of got fed up of living in Dublin. It was very difficult uh, to find somewhere to live, very difficult to get around. You couldn't get a bus, you couldn't get a taxi, and I needed to be quite mobile. Sounds familiar, but this was 18 years ago. Uh, so we made a conscious decision to come back to Limerick um, because it, we both grew up here, and it's, it's a great place to live. Uh, so we designed and built uh, our business, a bar and restaurant in Doyle. And we opened that in 2004. Um, and Limerick was going really well then. So uh, Dell was a big employer, a lot of spin-off industries, um, a lot of young people working, albeit in a manufacturing industry in Limerick. Um, but around about you know 2007, 2008, we had the recession, and then Limerick was hit on the double, really, when Dell moved its manufacturing out of Limerick. I don't like when people say when Dell left Limerick because they didn't leave. Uh, they're still a large employer in Limerick. And I'm told, subject to correction, that the payroll in Dell now is larger in a numerical value than it was 10 years ago when they moved manufacturing. But it was a big shock to Limerick at the time, uh, to Limerick City and County, the Midwest region, uh, to Raheen and Dourad Oil, where I was maybe three or four years uh, new in a new business, running a bar and a restaurant. And um, although I'm from a political family, I'd never really been active myself in politics. So I'd have helped others in my family around election time and with things that they needed to help with. Um, and in 2009, uh, members of the community, not necessarily members of the Fianna Fáil party, but people that knew my background um, and my professional background, asked if I'd get involved in local politics as a councillor, uh, which in the county council, even though I was based in Raheen and Dourad Oil, it was in the county, so you know we're going back a bit, um, in what was then the Adair uh, electoral area. So it kind of went from Raheen and Dourad Oil all the way back to Kildaimo. So it was a different time and a different space. Uh, so there were challenges that were um, urban, suburban, and rural in nature. So. Um, my family ran a business in, in Limerick, the Railway Hotel and Parnell Street. So I'd spent a lot of time in the city centre while they were at work in the good old days when you had to entertain yourself. Uh, so I'd have been uh, very familiar with uh, the streets of Limerick uh, when I was quite young. 
Um, I'd have grown up in Doyle, so our family home was in Doyle, uh, near the regional hospital, across from uh, O'Malley's Pharmacy. And then in my teenage years, we'd moved to Patrickswell. So in my own background, I had urban, suburban and rural. So as a councillor, I was able to relate to the issues. Um, and Limerick was in a, a very difficult position. So the country was in a recession. Uh, and Limerick, again, had gone through the boom-bust cycle of one large uh, multinational employer in Limerick in a manufacturing industry. So, you know... That time it was Dell moving its FDI um, out of town, but in the past before that, you know, even before my time, we had Wang and we had Krups, and this had happened a few times in the past. So even though we were in the county, we set about trying to figure out a way as to how we could make sure that wouldn't happen again in the future. So when we were looking at what kind of employment we needed to create. We needed to diversify, so we needed different types of industry and in a number of different employers. So if you look at the Limerick today, to fast forward to where we are now, now Limerick is it's high tech, uh, it's uh, financial services, it's pharmaceutical, it's uh, medical devices, medical technology. And we have a number of large employers now in Limerick and we're not really as reliant on one single employer. So now you have uh, Northern Trust or you have Regeneron, which have announced again that they're they're pretty much going to double the 800 people that they have there. And then you have, you know, new exciting technology companies like WP Engine coming into Limerick. So uh, we've come a long way from an economic de- development point of view uh, in Limerick in 10 years. Um, it took, it, it was a long road. It took a, a strategic approach to bring that about. Uh, we're not there yet. We're we're on the road to recovery. We still have challenges. There's still lots of people in Limerick that don't have a job. We still have areas of social deprivation. Um, but we're in a lot better space than we were back then. And um, I think we have a lot to be proud of in Limerick. Um, but we're really just getting started on you know what we'd like to achieve. And in terms of getting involved in local politics, you said you had the backing of some people in your local community. What does that mean to you as as a person, not, not just as a politician? Uh, I think it meant that um, people realised that um, Limerick uh, was in a very difficult place and that they realised that I had some skill sets uh, that might be able to help. So there was some of us that came together to try and put together uh, a plan as to you know what's the road back to recovery and that, that people within Limerick realised that I would have an important role to play in that uh, so I, I've been playing my part in that for 10 years I think this year uh, being mayor it's just a bit of a higher profile so that um, because you're more in public view um, people see more now the kind of things that I'm involved in, but I've been involved in those things for 10 years. When you're a councillor, maybe you're shouting in the crowd a little bit, and as mayor, uh, you just get a, more of a platform maybe to uh, to highlight uh, some of the things that have been happening. And it's been a long 10 years, so uh, how has the journey been for yourself in the past 10 years? Um, really interesting. Um, we kind of looked, uh, so we were in the county, and then the city and the county amalgamated in 2014. And uh, we looked at the two organizations, and again, it was a, a part of my business background 
and also from owning my own business and being an employer. So rather than take two, how, say it kindly, two uh, organisations that were maybe a little bit outdated, so the city council and the county council, so rather than try and take those two organisations and just try and mash them together into a new amalgamated council, there was lots of discussions around here about uh, creating one council um, but that there would be a strategic element to it and an operational element to it, uh, without getting into too much business speak. But um, I think the council were so busy running the city and the county that there was nobody planning the city and the county, so where were we going next? So that was one of the first things that we did, was to be to make the organisation a lot more strategic rather than just react to what was going on around. Would you consider and it a success? It took a while to come together, so it was very difficult. We had the amalgamation of the two authorities, and then uh, it took a while to settle down and uh, to divide into operational and strategic. Um, and even on the strategic side, um, I kind of got the feeling that there wasn't enough happening in that space, even you know, 2014, 2015. And that's what gave rise to Innovate Limerick, which led to Troy Studios, um, and Limerick 2030, which is developing, well, that's finished. The Gardens International were in planning for opera, and then we're master planning what's going to happen in Cleves. And Innovate Limerick was, is a really good organisation, so that was about being innovative on the kind of things that local authority would get itself involved in. So again, in 2014, there was a change in the Local Government Act, so it gave more of an economic development role to local authorities. So in the past, we were operational, so we were fixing the road and we are fixing the pothole and putting in uh, the pedestrian crossing, and it was day-to-day -day stuff. Um, but we, in 2014, we had more of a role in economic development, and I, for one, pushed that our local authority would take the lead on that. And a lot of the success that Limerick has had in the last four or five years was because we took that strategic approach to economic development that other local authorities around us didn't. And I, uh, my favourite story to tell is the one at Troy Studios. So we were in a pretty uh, deep hole. Uh, we needed to diversify. We needed different types of employment. And if you pair it back, um, we bought one of the old Dell manufacturing buildings and we said, well, what will we do with this? Um, we need to do something different. We need to develop our arts and culture, our creative industries. And we turned it into a movie studio. And within one year of it opening and being developed, uh, the first production, uh, Night Flyers by NBC, aired on Sci-Fi and is just about to air on um, Netflix. So if somebody said to you in 2009 that when Dell moved our manufacturing that you know, you should buy that old uh, building, computer building, computer manufacturing building, and turn it into a movie studio, and you could make, you know, a, a sci-fi movie that's going to be on Netflix. You know, it's it's a long ten years, but it shows you how quickly um, you can turn things around. If you have the right idea, you can have the right idea, and then you can, I've said this the other night, you can have the right idea, and you can have lots of ambition for your city, but then you need to have people that can deliver on the ambition as well. And uh, there's some pretty good people around Limerick at the moment. So there's a sense that there's something special happening in Limerick. Uh, lots of people outside of Limerick talk to you about what are you doing down there, and I hear there's a lot happening. They're not quite sure what it is that's happening, and they're certainly not sure how it is, how we're doing it. Um, but it is a very special time in Limerick. So if you think in 10 years, um, Ireland has uh, turned its economy around, 
but Limerick is really the renaissance city on, on in terms of economic recovery. Now we were starting from a lower base, but we've started to recover quicker. As I said, we still have a long way to go. We still have many people that we'd like to create jobs for, or educational opportunities, or apprenticeships. Um, but uh, we've come a, quite a long way in ten years, and it's. I think it was from looking at the economy of the city and the county more as a strategic level to see what we have, what were our strengths, uh, what were our weaknesses, what could we build on, be a bit innovative, be a bit creative in terms of the ideas that we came up with, but also in terms of how we fund them. So we weren't getting government funding, um, feeling a little bit uh, behind grants that were going to Dublin, Cork and even Galway. Uh, so we weren't getting government funding. So, for example, for Opera, we went straight to the European Investment Bank and the Council of Europe Bank, and we borrowed the money, albeit at a cheap rate, um, but because we believed in the plans that we have and the ambition for Limerick, so we wanted to deliver on it. We weren't taking the excuse of not getting a government grant as a reason not to do it. So there's there's other ways of being innovative as well in how you fund. And it can be considered to be a, a great year for Limerick. You mentioned Troy Studios there. The hurlers won the All Ireland last September. Yes, yeah. Uh, so it's a good year to be mayor. How have you found the um, last it's half been of a, term now? It's been a great, great year to be mayor. Um, I think there was a lot happening in Limerick, and Limerick was on the up. And there was a lot of things that you know had been a lot of kind of building blocks that had been put in place from 2014, 15, 16, 17. The momentum was building, but I think then with the hurlers winning the All-Ireland, I think what it did was it shone a spotlight on Limerick. So I think every other county in Ireland uh, were happy that if their county didn't win, that Limerick won the All-Ireland. So I think the whole of the country joined in our celebrations. And it was deliberate. We threw a huge homecoming here, and that was very much deliberate. So I was party to that. Um, I wanted to welcome the team back at Colbert Station. There's a new plaza that had been built there. It was the first time it had been used. And that's the tradition that you meet the the team off the train. Uh, Mick Lipper actually drove the train, and I met his son the other day. I was talking to him about it. So he was the mayor of Limerick in 73, the last time they won. Um, But we wanted to march the team um, through Limerick and cheer them through the streets of Limerick. Um, and then have a big party in the Gaelic grounds with music, entertainment, food. And because we wanted a show, we knew the spotlight would be on Limerick, that ye had won, and we wanted a show that we were going to celebrate it, um, but that we could celebrate with 70, 80,000, 90,000, whatever figure you want to put on it, Limerick people on the streets enjoying themselves in a safe, family-friendly environment and having a bit of a party and really enjoying ourselves, but on the streets and in the Gaelic grounds. And, you know, we can do this, we can have sporting success, um, and we can have large-scale scale events and festivals in Limerick uh, of the nature that we had for, for the homecoming. And I think what that did was, again, it, it um, I think it just showcased what it is we're about in Limerick. So the ambition that we have, uh, things that we'd like to do, then when we had... A sporting triumph in the All Ireland, um, that we could celebrate that and what we're that Limerick is a really cool place to live. So you probably asked me in a few minutes as to you know why I came back to Limerick and when why, and and when, but it's a really cool place to live in and people that live here and are born here understand that, 
and then when people come to visit for the first time or the first time in a long time, uh, we know that they'll come back. So uh, we just wanted to, to showcase all that is good about Limerick and uh, to use the success of uh, Limerick's hurlers uh, as part of that. I think it's just given everybody a lift. So, you know, we came through a tough time. Everybody was, you know, money was tight. Um, things were tough. And I think it gave us something to celebrate. So we all had a great summer, you know, supporting the team during the games. And then when they won, it just gave the city and the county um, a lift. And you can still feel it. It's great. Yeah. Was that your favourite moment as mayor or other moments stand out or anything? Um, I think it was one of the highlights, yeah, you know, to be in Croke Park when the final whistle went and uh, cheering the team. And then uh, dreams came on from, you know, the Cranberries. Uh, and it just gave you, you know, a bit of pride in your chest and a tear in your eye. Um, but then the following day when they came back, and I actually said it to, to Declan Hannan when we were going out of the train station, I said, this is going to be something special. And I, I've even spoken to them afterwards. They were blown away just by the wall of emotion that hit them when the, the, the doors of uh, Colbert Station opened uh, and the crowd were waiting for them outside. And... Uh, that's a huge highlight. Yeah, it was great. And then, you know, out to the, to the Gaelic grounds afterwards. And, you know, it was a very, very uh, special occasion for me, uh, obviously for the Limerick Hurlers. Um, and I was just enjoying every moment of their success, as were, you know, the, 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 the members of, of or everybody that showed out to support them um, in, in the Gaelic grounds. Yeah, it was great. So uh, being a local councillor is a busy life, even if it's done full time. But yourself, you're, you're a publican, yeah, you're a pub owner. Uh, with being mayor, on top of that, there's the extra commitments. Uh, how do you achieve a, a work-life balance? It's something I've heard been mentioned by it's, a number of people. Yeah, it's a very good question, and I suppose part of a larger debate. So uh, being a councillor is busy. Um, so. You know, in Limerick City West, there's probably a constituency of maybe of 30,000 people, likewise east and north. And as a councillor, you're pretty much a sole trader. So you don't have a secretary, you don't have um, an administration assistant. So, it, you know, it's you. So you got to uh, go to the meetings, meet the public, um, try and help people, write the letters, write the emails, make the phone calls, follow up. And it's it's uh, it it's a big time commitment. Um and I'm, I run my own business, so I'm an employer of a very good team of people that uh, work with me. So it gives me some degree of flexibility. But, you know, you still need to um, be at work. Uh, you still need to um, be there to meet your customers. And there's day-to-day -day operations that, that have to happen. Um, and that's about managing your time. Um, easier said than done. Uh, because even as much as you schedule out your day, there's things that just happen at the last minute that you just need to deal with. Um, I'm really enjoying my term as mayor. Um, I've been really busy as my term, term as mayor. I'm a busy person. I like to be busy. There's lots of things, as I said earlier, that I've been trying to highlight, emphasize, focus on, and being mayor uh, gives you just the platform to uh, bring that on to the next level. Uh, so my days are pretty busy in the mayor's office, meeting lots of community groups, because um, that's something that I believe in a lot, um, meeting lots of arts and culture groups, meeting lots of sporting groups, lead, lead, meeting lots of musical groups, 
because that's what we are in Limerick and somebody asked me you know what makes Limerick so special and even when you meet the employers we were we were in Austin last week twinning Limerick and Austin and they were kind of going well, what makes Limerick so special and I asked them so one of the big employers there's, there's six of our large employers in Limerick and uh, that currently employ people that are based out of Austin so there's already a link that was there and we we're formalizing that but I asked them uh, what impressed them most about Limerick and they said Limerick produces really great people and we do so we've lots of young people here very highly educated well educated in the University of Limerick uh, Limerick Institute of Technology Mary Immaculate College Limerick School of Art and Design so we've got some very young people well educated very creative um, but I think what impresses them most about Limerick is the sense of community people join organizations they get involved whether it's amateur drama, whether it's the music society, whether it's the Boher Boy Band or St Mary's Band, or whether it's you know um, your Munster's Rugby Club or Shelburne Soccer Club, or you know you can pick them all out. The you know St Patrick's GAA Club, Munger St Paul's, Limerick people get involved. So you know they could be you know during the summer we were supporting the hurlers and then we were supporting Ocean Upton and the hockey. And then in September, October time, we were going to a National Geographic concert in the Gaelic grounds. So we buy into what's going on in our community and we get involved. And we like, and it's kind of what we are. We're Limerick people are very social people. We're very proactive people. We're very creative. And that's what we're, I'm trying to bring back into um, how the city and county is run. So be, have a sense of community so that it is about the people involve the people so bring them in and listen to them so let's listen to what they have to say and that's why there's been lots of community groups that i've met with and have come in um and use that creativity and use that innovation that they have and try and translate that into um how we run our city so we've done it in the past we've been creative we've been innovative and now we have a movie studio so what's our next troy studio project so what are we going to do next it doesn't have to be movies or film but it can be something of that size of innovation and creativity that we need to think of next. It could be transport. Our transport system is very poor. Our public transport is very poor. Um, the project with the Cork Limerick Motorway. Yeah, with Cork Limerick Motorway. The danger of the Cork Limerick Motorway is you might get to Cork really quickly and then hit the traffic when you're there. Mm. Or conversely, you might, you might go from Cork to Limerick really quickly and then hit the traffic in Limerick. Castle Troy is suffering a lot at the moment uh, from traffic. Um, but we've got some very creative transport solution providers in Limerick. So like General Motors and Jaguar Land Rover and Shannon are working on autonomous vehicles. So they're looking at how people move around uh, in a very creative way. Uh, and they're looking at it from a car point of view. So maybe the local authority needs to look at our public transport and how we move people around rather than cars. So that could be buses, it could be trams, it could be greenways, it could be cycleways, um, it could be anything. Like again in Austin last week a lot of people use dockless electric scooters. So you find a scooter with an app on your phone, you unlock it using Bluetooth, you take it wherever you want to take it, and then when you finish, you just lock it and leave it at the corner for the next person to come and take. And it's for the la that's great for the last leg of the journey. There's dockless bikes there. Everyone goes everywhere in an Uber. Um, and we said it while we were over. 
Um, there's no Uber in Ireland because I understand why the taxis have licenses that they had to pay for and put up put big capital costs. But not many taxis operate in the rural areas. So is there an opportunity to use something like Uber or an Uber-type system in the rural areas? So, you know, there's, there's a big debate at the moment about rural transport and how people get to the village or if they go to their local um, bar and have a few pints or a few drinks with their wife. You know, how do you get home at night? You know, so... Creative again, thinking is... Be creative uh, and in the modern <coughs> world, m- maybe that's the use of technology as well. You know, and they're focusing on creativity. You're a board of directors with Limerick 2030. Yeah, uh, could you just tell us a bit about that? Sure. Yeah, um, we wanted to get employers into Limerick. We needed to create jobs, and the the idea was put money in people's pocket. So Limerick 2030. It's not about building out the whole the whole city. It's not about putting up buildings. It's not about us doing it and keeping out other developers. So. Uh, Limerick 2030 is about creating jobs. So we looked at why uh, large employers weren't coming primarily to Limerick city centre. And uh, there was a lack of suitable office space. So if you get a high-tech company, whether they're coming from the States particularly or Europe, uh, they want modern a modern office building, you know, with uh, uh, technology-rich, digitally-enabled um and Limerick didn't have that. So we had some Georgian buildings, which are fabulous buildings and historic, and I'd love to see more done with them. Um, but for the needs of FDI coming in, uh, you, don't, you don't have that in the city centre. So we looked at why uh, private developers weren't coming in and um, why they weren't building it if there was a demand. So we're told there's a strong pipeline of employers that want to come to Limerick city centre to provide employment, but they need a suitable location. Private contractors and developers weren't building them, so uh, the market was a bit dysfunctional. So Limerick 2030 stepped into the space. We started it with the gardens building, um, which is complete. Uh, It's been snagged at the moment, and the official opening is going to be in spring, maybe February, March time. Uh, And at at the time of the interview, um, it's about three quarters let at this stage. So it's a lead gold building. It's energy efficient. But the thinking behind that was the reason the other private developers weren't coming into town was the rent per square foot was very low, which meant it wasn't viable for them. By the time they bought the site and built the building, they weren't getting enough back in rent from the companies they were letting to uh, for them to pay their bills. Um, and also that there was very few, if any, banks were willing to lend into Limerick. So if you went to one of the pillar banks and said, I need money to do, you know, 10 million to do a commercial office development in Limerick, they'd probably say no. So we put up the gardens building with a number of objectives, a very high quality, energy efficient building. Um, The rent per square foot is higher now than it was in other buildings nearby, obviously that weren't of a similar standard. But what that allows to happen now is when a private developer comes in, he can fund it. So he can go to his bank and he'll say, you know, I'm going to build uh, my project here in Limerick City Centre, use the gardens as a reference to say, well, that's the prevailing market rent um, and it has been let at that rent. So now my project is viable um, and the, the lending institutions are more inclined to lend the money. So we're there just to be the catalyst. Uh, we're not there uh, to build everything out, to build the city out. 
we're just there to kickstart it and once uh, the development starts uh, again then Limerick 2030 step out. We've gone in for planning on the uh, opera site which is a very unique development uh, in Ireland really so it's a full city block um, and it's a mixed use so we do have some office space on that uh, that are coming in um, UL have expressed a preference that they would like to come into Limerick City um, and that they'd like to come into Opera. Um, now the planning application that's gone in doesn't have UL as part of it, uh, so it's it's gone in as was presented in the public consultation. So there's some residential in it, there's an apart hotel in it, and then there's also, also a large cultural space. Uh, so there's a new library that's been built, um, and I say library in the modern sense of the word. So we went to visit the library in um, Austin, Texas. So they had the Austin Public Library, which was 200,000 square feet, which cost them an awful lot of money to build. Um, the one in Limerick is 40,000 square feet, so it's very big. So we're using the old town hall building on Rutland Street and building uh, a new modern structure behind it. But, you know, it'd be a library in that you can, you know, borrow a book, but it'll also have technology, uh, you know, um, it'll have meeting spaces, it'll have breakout rooms, uh, you can use your laptop, um, you might be able to borrow a laptop, you'll be able to plug in, get online, uh, there's some gaming space that's provided, uh, there's some kids space, uh, there's some public meeting space, there's some exhibition space, so it's a library, but it's a public use building, if you know what I mean, and I think that'll be very exciting. We want opera to be a busy place during the day and also at night so there's a public square in the middle and uh, the hospitality businesses that we're planning all open out onto the square so at night time you're going to have some uh, bars and restaurants and it'll become uh, a location that people will want to go and, and socialize in so it's not about having office space during the day and then that's it so there's a cultural space there's a residential there's an apart hotel um, there are some bars and restaurants. Uh, Quinn's pub is a um, preserved building, so there's conservation order on that, so that will be reopened again. There's lots of fans of Quinn's, mainly people my age, that have uh, romantic ideas as to what it was like uh, you know, in the 90s. Um, and I think it'll be, it'll be f uh, a very, it'll be a game changer, I think, for that section of, of Limerick. And uh, so that's going in for planning uh, straight on board Planola uh, and, you know, that could be decided in six months. It depends if there's observations, it may take a bit longer. And then Limerick 2030 then is turning its eye uh, to Mungret. So we've been asked to get involved in Mungret College um, because we have a housing crisis. Uh, we don't have enough houses. There's more people who want houses than, than uh, there are. There are no houses that have been built pretty much in 10 years. There's no social houses that have been built, no affordable and very little private housing. Uh, so the council own lands around Munger College and we. It, it was it was one of the things again to go back to the strategic approach is that in Munger College we put in the park and the playground and the two primary schools and we're planning the secondary school building. So the, the secondary school is open in temporary accommodation. So I'm on the board of management of that. And now we're planning the houses. So in the past, we'd have planned the houses and then try and shoehorn the community facilities in afterwards. Uh, so 
Limerick City and County Council have asked us to master plan um, hundreds of houses in Mungret. So initially it could be three or four hundred houses uh, and then developing out to maybe 1,500, 1,800 houses in Mungret. So Limerick the key 20 would be to make them affordable housing, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, we got uh, some funding. It's called LIHAF. Uh, so we got some funding to put in the road through the lands to open it up. And that comes with some conditions that uh, the housing be affordable. Um, so there has to be a social element to it, but also has to be an affordable element to it. Um, and it's just to get those houses up and built and to market is the uh, is the challenge. So, you know, there are innovative solutions that you could come up with. Um, there's a, an Irish-American company that have bought a warehouse um, here in Limerick and uh, called Clen Construction. So they build modular housing uh, indoors in a warehouse and we've been working with them to get them certified so they got to meet Irish standards. And then we're working with them to try and bring Limerick people through on apprenticeships and into jobs, working with them building modular housing uh, that can be constructed uh, in a, at a much ra- more rapid pace than traditional build. So the, the housing is built within the factory and then shipped to site and then erected. And uh, I think that's something that will um, be a much quicker delivery mechanism for getting houses up and standing. And we want to make sure that there are Limerick people working there as well, trained and working there as well. So. That, that's one way innovation can help Limerick but uh, yeah. myself and yourself were at an event in St Munchens recently where they won solar panels or a, a grant to install solar panels on the roof of the school is it a greener Limerick something you'd like to see in the future um, we are, we're already another first for Limerick so um, Limerick is a lighthouse city we're called so the European project ourselves in Trondheim in Norway so we've taken a city block it's actually the block that the Gardens International Building is on, but on O'Connell Street, there's Georgian buildings on that as well. So it's about, first of all, making those buildings more energy efficient. So the Gardens Building is leak gold, so that's, that's a high standard. But the Georgian buildings, there's funding available to make them more energy efficient, but also for them to create electricity or energy from solar power. But to do two things, first of all, that they can... Uh, transmit back up to the grid or that they can share the electricity generated with their neighbour or the rest of the block. So to date in Ireland you haven't been able to do that so if you create energy through solar you either use it or store it in a battery or lose it. Uh, So Limerick is the prototype now that you can sell that energy back up to the grid or you can sell it to your neighbour and again uh, it's a a first for Limerick and it's great to see St. Munchens College then as well, being more energy efficient uh, with uh, the grant for solar panels on, on the roof of the college. Um, and something we'd like to see more of, you know, so it's about being innovative through the use of technology. So um, it's kind of a saying of mine, just because that was the best way to do it before doesn't mean it's still the best way to do it now. So, you know, times change, things move on, technology creates some great opportunities so you just need to grasp them and see how you apply them and uh, sticking with St Munchens uh, recently there was a 30 year anniversary 30 year anniversary yeah um, you talk about 10 years and then you say you know 30 <laughs> years ago uh, so we met last week so we, we'd won a cup in St Munchens College a junior cup 
um, and we all gathered um, last Saturday in the college. So Anthony Foley would have been the captain of our team and Brendan, his dad, was our coach. Um, so we fundraised through the school or with the school or for the school and uh, we commissioned a statue to Anthony uh, which is in the college uh, with his Munchens jersey and his Munster jersey and his Ireland jersey and I think his Shannon jersey is probably in Shannon <laughs> um, and we all gathered and we invited Anthony's parents and his wife Olive and, and his sisters um, and um, just to, I suppose, to unveil the statue, but then uh, it was a happy occasion. We just had a celebration of 30 years ago when we won uh, the cup. Uh, I found some footage of the final on an old VHS cassette in my house, and uh, we all gathered around. We put it on uh, in one of the bars that we were in, and we watched. And it was, uh, it was a reminder of what Limerick was like 30 years ago. So the game was in Thomond Park, the old stand, the muddy pitch, the one stand, uh, you know, the rest of the ground was open um, and uh, the whole school was there and when the whistle blew, it was like a tsunami down off the stand and, you know, you got swept away and carried away on, on the shoulders of all your schoolmates and uh, really happy time. Um, it, it it shows, though, that Limerick is a very different place now than it was then. How um, did you feel reflecting on that with your past teammates? Yeah, there's, it's a very tight group. Um, there's a few of us still around Limerick. Uh, there's lots of guys that travelled from around the country and some guys travelled internationally even to come back. Um, I think there was only one that was missing. Um, and it just shows, it goes back to what I say, like Limerick produces really good people. So 30 years later, the kind of people that you're meeting that were you were in school with and you know how they've progressed in their careers and their lives and how they've developed you know professionally and personally uh i was very impressed with you know so I, I know a lot of these guys but when you get them all back together mightn't see each other for a few years um it it was great i must say it was great and they were all very positive when they were coming back to limerick and spoke very highly of limerick and the changes that have been made and all again they've heard the story you know we hear there's something really special ha happening in limerick and then when you start to fill in the details for them and they kind of go, well, I didn't know that, or I'm involved in this, and you know, guys suddenly um, get more involved in it. So I think one of the actions that came out of last Saturday was that we would reunite um, the past pupils union of our school, but maybe we should broaden it a little bit and you know see if we could have a, a Limerick diaspora group. Yeah, I know we have the the capital Limerick one in Dublin, but there's guys that are all over the world that uh, you know keep in touch you know they might be watching us from online but they do keep in touch in terms of what's happening here and you mentioned uh, a lot of your past classmates had to move away it'd be nice to get to a point where uh, graduates don't have to leave the city yeah i think that's my ambition for limerick um is i obviously have teenage uh, sons and a younger daughter that they get a good education in, in limerick in school they could do uh, a course of their choosing in university or LIT or do a good apprenticeship and then have an opportunity of a really good job in Limerick. You know, whether it's with Dell or whether it's WP Engine, uh, Northern Trust, you know, General Motors, whatever your, chosen, uh, your choice might be, if they'd like to. Or if they'd like to go and travel for a couple of years like I did, that they have an opportunity to come back. Um, I've got some friends in Australia, they left you know, when they finished uh, their education here in Limerick. So they've been there 
you know, 25 years and more. Um, and they all, I kept at them going, you know, you should come back, there's good opportunities in Limerick, and they, they could never come back, and I'd never have the same job that I do here in Australia, and I'd never make the same amount of money. And uh, two years ago, one of them came back. So he sat down and he said, well, there is an opportunity for me in Limerick. I might make the same money, but have a more disposable income. Mm -hmm. So by the time he, he looked at how expensive it was to live in Sydney, and then the lifestyle choice to come back to Limerick with his kids, uh, you know, you can, he, he was fortunate he got a place to live. I know it's still quite difficult, but you know, a school for his kids, you, you know, you can be, you know, on the west coast of Clare in under an hour, or you can be in Killarney in an hour, you know. Limerick is really central. It's really yeah. central, you can get around, and if you're into, you know, uh, um, whatever hobby you have there's something happening so if you want to go surfing in La Hinch on a Saturday morning you're there in an hour if you want to go golfing you know there's golf courses around Limerick Clare Kerry probably one of the best in the world best in the Adair. world in Adair we've got a, you know an award winning hotel that's there yeah. and that kind of matters and if you're into as we said musical societies or maybe we're at a point now we've created a lot of high tech jobs particularly in the high tech industry if we just focus on that a bit and software development um, and I know we've other jobs we need to create in other areas and we're focusing on you know apprenticeships but certainly in the software development side and uh, computer programming uh, we need to attract people now to Limerick to fill those jobs so we need to first of all let everybody know what a really cool place Limerick is so that's why we've hired MNC Saatchi to do the rebranding of Limerick uh, so I think in the past um, we've had an unfortunate reputation and not at all deserved um, and it has been in the past and we need to shake that off and let people see what Limerick of today is really like um, but if you're going to be creative and again to go back to Austin Austin's economic development was based on their creativity so it was it attracted creative people in the music scene initially um, because they had the ambition for their city they one day announced themselves to be Austin, uh, the world world's leader in live music, you know. So they just announced that they were, and then they became the, the leader in live music, uh, which they are. And then their creative people moved into film. So South by Southwest was a musical film uh, festival, and now those creative people are in technology. And we learned a lot when we were there that what we're doing is is correct. So economic development can't happen in isolation. So if you want to attract someone to move to Limerick. First of all, they want to have a good job, and if it's a creative person in technology, you know they want a job in, in one of uh, a good a good employer based in Limerick. A lot of them want to work downtown. They want a nice house to live in with their wife and kids. If the wife um, has a career as well, you need to have a job opportunity for her, uh, similar to to the husband or the partner. So either way, it can be wife, husband, husband or wife. Um, school for your kids, um, and then. It needs to be an interesting place. So you we want to do something after work. So if you want to go for you know a run, a cycle, go to the gym, go to a restaurant, go to the bar, a theater. You know if you want to join um, a painting group or if you want a sculpture, or if you're into dance or you know if you're into your history, you know if you're into bird watching, wh whatever it is, um, that you have to have those opportunities to cater for people to bring them to Limerick. Um, and that's kind of what we've we've said about. So a lot of these things that are happening in Limerick, we're trying to help them and support them and develop them a bit more. Um, and then we need to let people know about it. So that's that's why M and C Satchi are here, um, to let everybody know 
Limerick is a really cool place to live. Uh, it's it's um, and it, there's lots of creative people here, and I think the development of Limerick, not just economic development, but the development of the social development, the economic development, the community development, uh, should be driven by the creativity of Limerick people. We've had very creative Limerick people in the past. The, you know, we had uh, the anniversary of Dolores O'Riordan um, last week, and uh, there's some very very creative people in Limerick in arts and culture and music you know in theater uh, in film and um, but also in technology so it all needs to happen together and that's the that's the package that we're trying to um, to uh, to let people know is Limerick and uh, finally to wrap up uh, 10 years in politics so what would you like to see happen in the next 10 years in Limerick um, people have asked me that question so we've come a long way in 10 years and I think the 10 years was recovery um, so we've started to recover so we're not there yet um, you've probably gathered from uh, our interview that I'm quite ambitious um, I would have um, big ideas and big plans for Limerick uh, but we need to deliver on those so there's many ways that you can deliver uh, like with the opera you know, don't take an excuse not to do it. So if we can't get government funding, let's go and do it somewhere else. So if 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 there's a reason why we can't do it, um, let's find another way to do it. Um, I'd like to see Limerick be a city on an international scale. Um, there's some government uh, planning documents that are out at the moment without getting too technical. So you have the Ireland 2040 plan, which is for Ireland. Mm -hmm. And the regional one for the southern region of the country is, is in draft form at the moment. And I think the national plans for the south of Ireland, and in Limerick in particular, uh, doesn't match the ambition that we have for Limerick. We want Limerick to be an economic driver of the region on an international scale. We want international companies to come to Limerick uh, and employ Limerick people. We want Irish companies and Limerick companies to grow out of Limerick on an international scale. Um, we want our Limerick people, uh, our young people in Limerick, to have educational opportunities in Limerick, to have educational opportunities abroad. So we, you know, we, we twinned with the University of Texas on student exchange. Um, but if they like to live in Limerick, uh, that there's a life for them in Limerick. Um, part of that life is the job, but also that it's a really cool place to live. Somewhere that you want to live, you want to stay, you want to bring up your kids and that your kids want to stay. So there, we have a strong sense of community. Um, and it's it's something that's unique to Limerick and I think it can be a, a differentiating factor for us. Um, there's this whole other different areas we haven't even spoken about. You know, you, you talk about tourism Limerick. So, you know, we've talked, we've spoken about attracting people to come and live in Limerick, but we'd also like to attract people to come and visit Limerick. So, you know, what's our tourism product? Do we put on more festivals and events? Uh, for example, I said yesterday at the council meeting, you know, there's an Ironman in Cork this year. You know, why don't we have an Ironman in Limerick? You know, someone needs to put the money up front. Is it the local authority? Is it a corporate sponsor? Um, 
we're not we're not Clare, we don't have the Cliffs of Moher, we're not Kerry, we don't have the Lakes of Killarney. So what's our tourism product? Is it outdoor adventure tourism? Is it something that's weather independent? There's a lot of history in Limerick, so people that come to Limerick uh, come because of the history, and it's, it could be King John's Castle, it could be George in Limerick. And at the moment, we're, I'm working with some groups here in Limerick. We're trying to put together um, a walking tour augmented reality app in Limerick. So you can use your phone to guide you through to the historical sites in Limerick and use augmented reality to see what it looks like now and maybe what it looked like 100 years ago. So again, that's been innovative in our tourism product um, and using technology as part of that because everyone has a device in their hand. But look at our music history. You know, um, I've said it a couple of times this week. Zombie on YouTube has 850 million hits. So we have a music history. Paddy Brennan uh, did a huge uh, archive book of music in Limerick throughout the de- through the, down through the decades, you know, 1800 up to modern day. So there's a huge music history there as well. So we have a military history, we have an architectural history in Limerick, um, and we also have a music history in Limerick. So, you know, can you be innovative in terms of um, how you develop that as well? So look at, look at Nicholas Street, trying to develop it from the cathedral to the castle, so the buses drop them off at St. Mary's Cathedral and they walk down to the castle. So how do we make that an interesting street, develop local businesses, arts, culture, community? Uh, Treaty City Brewery is due to open there soon. Um, And that it's a a street that's used. So, you know, St. Mary's Men's Shed is there and St. Mary's Aid is there and try and encourage the businesses, like the the local shop has renovated and put in a cafe. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to try and make it an interesting place for people that come to Limerick as well. This has been the We Are Limerick podcast with Limerick Post. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and this was James Collins. Thanks for joining us, James. Thank you, Keen. You've been listening to We Are Limerick, a Limerick Post podcast. For more news, sport, entertainment, and more podcasts, visit limerickpost.ie.